Hi, welcome to Wellness Checks. This is the place where physicians and healthcare professionals share how they stay well while working in a demanding field. I'm Ajo Wiafe. And I'm Esther Chu. We're third-year family medicine residents and also happen to be the wellness chiefs for our residency. Just letting you know that this podcast and the discussions on it belong to us and do not necessarily reflect the views of Loma Linda Health or any of its affiliates. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is going to be our first interview with our faculty. So I just wanted to welcome you all. Thanks for tuning in. We have our wonderful faculty here. We have Dr. Jake Gui and Dr. Tran that are here. They have been really monumental with our wellness activities, and they definitely have and wear a lot of hats within the Loma Linda uh, residency program. Um, and so they have been just so happy to, to join us in this conversation as we explore this topic of wellness. So I'll just give them each a chance just to say hi. And um, if they'd like to add anything to that intro, this will be the time. Okay. So hi, I'm Claire. Um, hi, everyone. I'm very happy to be here, especially with, you know, with my dear residents and my dear friend, uh, Mylene Tran. I think that's a great introduction. I'm just happy to be here and uh, to be involved on the wellness committee and um, you know it's such a like a joy to kind of uh, be part of that committee and see the changes and do some changes so yes I'm excited to be here and answer a few of the questions thank you so much yeah hi everyone um, this is my Tran and I'm uh, also echoing what Eclair said I'm really happy to be here uh, with Adra and Esther to share a little bit about what we're doing in the wellness committee, as well as to kind of share how we can move forward with our wellness culture in general. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You guys kind of started off our first question a little bit and what we were curious to learn more about is what got you guys both motivated to be part of our wellness faculty and committee? So I would say um, kind of a big motivating factor is seeing how our experience was in residency because we both came through residency here at Loma Linda, right, Claire? Um, so kind of looking on at that, reflecting on it, um, appreciating things that went well, kind of having that social aspect with our co-residents. And then now I'm moving on into working as attendings and seeing the difference between residency to attending and the transition period there kind of realized how sometimes we're not fully prepared for that transition period or have the tools available to kind of continue that sense of well-being throughout residency and attending careers. So that's kind of moved me into the question of how can we build these tools for resident well-being that can also carry into attending life. Um, because particularly the first few years of residency is difficult. Everyone's transitioning, right? Any transition period is difficult, but that first few years of residency, after residency, where you're just wondering, what am I doing? How can I see all these 14 patients per half day? And how can I finish my notes on time and still have a life? And to realize uh, as part of the AFP leading physician well-being first cohort that I was not alone in this questions. There was hundreds of family physicians across the country that were experiencing something very similar. And to build that into our program 
with the idea of process improvement. I know we all love our QI cycles in PDSA, but it is a tool to kind of build that into um, not only the work, like they called it, like the system-wide changes that we can make, but also our personal improvement plan that they were talking about, like even kind of taking it from those two directions, like systems-wide, personal, and all within the lens of process improvement or QI. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't need I don't need to even answer anymore. You know, Mylene gave the comprehensive <laughs> answer. Um, I'm just gonna add that, yeah. So Mylene, she was the first on the LPW. So we call LPW so the leading physician well-being course from AFP. Uh, so she was kind of like the guinea pig. She started like first year of the course. Um then we had our chair, Dr. Reichert also took the course. Uh, me and Dr. Mary Hannah, we just finished right now. Um, and it's so uh, helpful to see that, like Dr. Tran said, we always struggle with the same things, you know, not just us from Loma Linda, but from different institutions and same struggles, like same systems problems, uh, some maybe bigger than others, but we learn with each other how to kind of how to fix like step by step and not necessarily fixing the problem but how can we improve maybe just like a few things one day at a time and in the end maybe like a bigger project so we start very little and then go bigger later uh and yes i think it's all about improving um residents well-being burnout is like everywhere so how can we make that less burden, right? Like less burnout in our residency, in our residency, in ourselves as well. Um, lots of patients we need to see. And I think this happens a lot with family physicians, lots of in baskets. So how can we work or how can we manage that? And also, like Mylene said, having your, uh, your life outside of the hospital, outside of the clinic, um, a lot of people talk about um, <clears throat> like work-life balance. To me, it's harder to separate everything. So, and for some people, it is harder as well. So, if we cannot separate, how can we unify in a way that it doesn't make you stressed out or burnout? out? So, um, it's just different ways and different uh, techniques that people use to kind of um, promote their own well-being and that's what we are trying to do with our residency uh, as well. Oh, thank you so much for answering that. Just on your answers, so many questions that are popping up in my mind. Yeah, one of the things that I you would really like to hear from the both of you are, based on what you've learned so far and your experience, what are practical ways that maybe you've been able to apply some of these things in your own lives? And what have you been able to create wellness for yourself? Like, have you been able to notice a difference just by putting things into practice? So I can start with that one. Hopefully I can answer exactly your question. And if not, you can ask me back, Adra. But um, sure. mm -hmm. so for me, I think nobody likes to take work home, right? Like how I'm going to go home and finish my notes or do my in-basket. So since my residency years, I put in my head that like, I'm never going to finish a, a note at home. I'm going to do it at work. So work is at work. And when I get home, I try to relax or do other stuff. I'm not saying that it's not going to be work related, but it's not going to be clinic related. Okay. So I don't know when I 
go to clinic and even like since my resident years, I try to go with a mindset like I'm here this whole morning or this whole day and I'm going to be, I'm going to try to focus and be efficient as I can. So while I'm seeing my patients, I'm working on my baskets. Don't ask me how I do it, but that's how I do it. So I see a patient, I finish my notes on flow. When like maybe I have a little gap that the MA is rooming the patient, I'm working on my basket. At the end of my like 11 o'clock, my notes are done. My basket is done. So I I try to be as efficient. But like, of course, if I have my distractions, I call my lovely distractions. Like if my lean is working side by side with me, Dr. Hannah, Dr. Lord, like if I have all these like colleagues that I love so much, working close to me is very hard. Then all my system falls apart. Okay. So I need to come with them. So that's why like, this is my, my, my lovely distraction is here. So it's fun because I get to talk and we get to discuss cases and we get to talk about a lot of stuff. How many times you go and chief with me or Dr. Tran and we were talking or doing something else. So um, that's the distraction, you know? And so that's why I, mm. I ended up getting behind. But as long as I'm going back to my mindset and I, tr I really try hard to like finish, to concentrate, be in the room, be very... Um, Try to do the two problems, right? One to two problems. If it's easy, then you can add a third one. But I'm trying to be very focused also on my visits, very direct. Patient is kind of talking about something else. I try to redirect the patient in a very nice way, but like kind of telling, like doing the agenda setting, set my expectations so that the patient doesn't get upset if we need to end up the visit very, ended up the visit, right? And they still have other questions. Uh, that also promotes to have a better continuity, asking the patient to come back and see me and we can, we can address the other problems. So I think it starts with everything, you know, like trying to be efficient in the clinic, efficient in my notes. So I think also know how to write a note that you have enough mm -hmm. information that is not too short, not too long, you know, and this is just practice, you know, with like years of uh, residency and feedback, you know, and years of attending. I think when we get older, notes getting shorter, but as long as you put the right information for the next person. So that's what I write my note. Like I need to write my note for the next person who is going to see that patient knows exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. So it doesn't need to be an essay, mm. but as long as I put the right information. So for me, it's just like, is all these little things that makes my day efficient and makes my day like, okay, 11 o'clock, 11.30, 12, if I have my distractions, 12.30, I'm done with everything and then I can move on to the next half day. Um, I know it's easy to say than done, but I think once you kind of have that in your head, like having a system through the whole clinic, and I think it makes it easier. So that's just one of my tips that I try to do because I don't, I don't in basket or unless it's something urgent, of course, or notes at home. Then I ended up, I have other mm -hmm. things to do, but I would love to see what Dr. Trent does. Yeah, so Dr. Jakeway shared on a more personal level. I'm going to share a little bit more on the systems level. Um, so something that we did in the last year or so was uh, we revamped the system for our attending coverage inbox when attendings are away or out on vacation. Um, and that's just an example of uh, something that we wanted to emphasize for our physician well-being is that we don't want to be covering our in-baskets uh, when we are away or on vacation. 
because we hope that our physicians are enjoying their vacations when they're away. Um, that is similar to what we hope for for residents, but that's on another project. So I'm just going to talk briefly about mm -hmm. the attending side of the InBasket. We created um, these teams, uh, and then we also asked uh, our attendings to cover inbox in a more consistent way so that our attendings can enjoy their time away or if they're on CME conferences they don't have to log in and work on their InBasket while they're away and that's an example of a systems-based um, intervention or change that we address for physician well-being in general. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate both of your answers. Um, just a follow-up uh, for Dr. Jaquay. Um, you mentioned the system that you have for yourself. How long did it take you to get to this point? Mm. I think I think by the end of residency, I was kind of set. And it's interesting because um first year I was taking a lot of time, second year was getting better, and then I, I think with the years, I was like, and some feedback from faculty as well, uh, reading, do you know what I was doing? Like reading the other residents and my attendings notes as well to see how they, they were doing their notes as attending. So I was like, okay, let me see how much information do I need to put on the note. And that was helpful. Um, and asking for feedback too. So um, I remember one of my co-chief, he told me like, I, I love your notes. It has all the information that I want. I was like, Really? Because sometimes I think it's just like, I think it's short. I think it's too short. And he's like, no, was perfect for me to kind of see what I, I had to do. I also have that, um, I put on my assessment and plan, like, if that doesn't work, consider that. Uh, sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't do that because I want you guys to learn. <laughs> but it's good for also, mm -hmm. even for me or for somebody else that takes over the patients to kind of see like my thought process. Um, but I'll say by the end of residency, I was doing okay. And I went to the fellowship and the geriatric fellowship and, and it was was a different system. So I kind of had to reset again because the patients, it was way less patients. Like we were seeing 10 patients per half day and on my fellowship was like three to five. And you had to spend more time. You had to, uh, was a comprehensive visit. So I had to reset. I was like, okay, what I'm doing is not working here. When I came to, then I was like, okay, kind of had my, my system back by the end of the fellowship, when I came back to Loma Linda as court for my job, I had to reset again because it was not working because I was seeing, I was spending so much time with the patients. And I will tell you uh, girls, like my first year um, at Loma Linda in the faculty clinic was a struggle because all my systems, I, I was thinking in my head, I, I was doing so good here. Why, why, what is happening? What is wrong? Because I'm taking so long with the patients. I'm not finishing my notes on time. I'm not able to do my in-basket. So I had to, again, do my resetting. Uh, was a lot of patients. I have even to change. Like I was seeing more geriatric patients than uh, younger patients. And they take more time. But I couldn't see 11, 12 per half day. So was a system adjustment as well. I had to talk with my medical director and then I ended up moving back to SAC, which I had to reset my systems in my head again to like my residency time, you know, but it was something just to relearn something that I learned before and then, and then it was faster. So I don't know how to explain how I do that in my head, but it's kind of like, I have like little boxes and of, of like, everything that I do, right? Seeing the patient, how long I'm going to stay with the patient, how long I'm going to write my note, 
how long I'm going to have a break to work on my basket, on my paperwork, and seeing the next patient without having them to wait for too long. Sometimes I even let my patients, like maybe like five, 10 minutes for me to finish everything and then go, and then they have my full attention. So, um, but of course, if I see that I'm behind, I got late for some reason, then I try to catch up, you know, like with my patients, and then I and then I start working on the notes again. So for example, I maybe don't do one note and then go to the next one. Uh, and then I probably I able to catch up or not. And I go to the next one and then I started working on my notes while my, my MA is rooming the next patient. So I try to work with the time that I have, but I'm, I'm trying to use very um, every single minute, you know, and focus and make sure the patient's not waiting too long. And then I'm doing also my notes, my basket, my paperwork. Uh, but like I told you, if I have people like my, my beautiful distractions, then sometimes all falls apart. <laughs> oh, we, we definitely love beautiful <laughs> distractions too. Um, and we think, the, and we love the fact that, um, or just for myself, when I'm just thinking about having like structure is, it is really helpful to kind of kind of manage the chaos that kind of happens in clinic. And so I think I like the systematic way you've been trying to be more efficient. Um, and kind of jumping back to what uh, Dr. Chan was sharing a little bit earlier about, you know, looking at looking at efficiency from from a systems based mindset and um, how, you know, having people cover our in-basket for us on vacation. I, as a resident, I feel like I've definitely appreciated that when that has when I like leaned into that. And so we're, I'm just curious to hear more is if there's any like potential for change, changing our current system too, if, if there is current burnout and if there's other ways that you feel like might be a, a big system area we could potentially be looking towards. I think Dr. Tran can help us with that. You know, she's our medical director. I talked with her a little bit about, so Remember that I told you guys that our chair, Dr. Reichert, did the LPW course, the AFP. And of course, he at that time was the medical director for the faculty clinic. <clears throat> he was able to do a big project. So my project, I kind of took over my links, which was working with the vacation and the team lads and not just vacation, but any time off to have somebody covering your in-basket, which is very helpful. <clears throat> but Dr. Reichert, he worked bigger. In our faculty clinic, he was able to get um, mid-levels and PPAs to help with the in-basket for everyone. So, you know, so we had like providers that were seeing patients as well, but they then they have this like half day uh, of, I don't know how many half days per week that they were just working on the in-basket for their team or for so they were dividing, of course. I'm sure he divided in team or team lads. And faculty really, really liked it. Uh, I think there was was not mandatory to everybody to participate. Maybe it was one or two. They're like, no, I want to manage my in-basket. I don't want anybody to touch it, which, of course, we have cases like that. But I think the majority were very receptive and very happy. But this is a bigger project, right? So he was able to implement that. And he got, I think, like, um, good, good results, and is is still going. I know because I I when I go there with you guys on the Jerry Clinic, I talk with some of the mid levels there, and they still doing. I asked Mylene, I was like, Mylene, are we thinking about something like that at SAC? And she's like, Yes, thinking. 
I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but there are to- they are talking about having kind of same system, having at SAC. I'm not sure if that's going to apply to the residents as well. Maybe she's going to have more information because the in-basket, it is a burden. And it's so interesting because I was giving a medical um, a lecture to, to the medical school, medical students. And they were telling me that that one of the reasons that maybe family medicine is not on the top of their choices as a career is because of the in-basket. And I said, well, but everybody has in-basket, not as much as family medicine. So um, I know it's a burden for a lot of people. But at the same time, like I was saying for the residents, we want you guys to learn as well. So if we have somebody to cover your in-basket, it would be great, right? Like less burnout, less to be worried. But then would you be able to learn right and then when you become an attending you'll be like uh, <clears throat> like a pro right to answer your basket or you're like uh where is my person to answer my in basket you know <laughs> like if he's a mid-level if he's a nurse you know and maybe the the place that you're going they're not gonna have anyone to answer for you so we there is also that balance of like learning and also decrease the burnout so yeah but i'm Let's see if uh, Dr. Chen has any updates, but that's what I kind of like what I talked with her maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah, I would say there's no further updates, but that is definitely an idea that SAC has been talking about. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think that's so exciting that there is like system level changes that are in the works because sometimes when we go through, um, you know, residency and just learning like what the future might be like. We wonder, you know, with we were just looking at numbers, um, me and Esther, just like how big of a problem with burnout is. And that's just due to the culture and this, this idea that pretty much the Western world culture of just like working, working all the time and not really having a healthy level of um, balancing um, life with work and enough time off and yeah, just dealing with the loads. And it felt like we're trying to um, create wellness for ourselves, but we're also fighting against a, a system at large that might be contrary to that. So it's it's encouraging for us to hear that change is being made um, and we've been able to benefit from that in our program. And I was just curious to hear from you guys. Do you guys need to create boundaries for yourself? That's a great question with not a good answer that I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> um, so I try in the past, but it doesn't work for me. So like I don't have, for example, I think my only boundary is what I told you guys. Like I don't do clinic notes or answer in basket unless it's super urgent when I'm at home. Okay. So I think that's my only one. But I work at home with other things. I work after hours. I work on the weekends. I'm always with my phone. I'm always with my computer. So um, I think, I don't think I have other boundaries besides uh, the clinic notes and in basket, but um, I'm able to kind of juggle everything together. That's why I don't have like a like life work balance. I, I try to do everything together. So for example, uh, I try... Now, Celine, you know, my daughter, she's at, she's five and she's at uh, kindergarten. And you guys know she has diabetes type one. So it's a challenge. And I'm always like, I'm always in alert. I'm always with my phone. I always make sure she's okay, you know. And we, we, I, we talk and we decided to do something fun 
maybe two times a week. So something fun after school. Uh, during the weekend, it's kind of hard because everything is so full and so crowded. So I tried like during the weekend, stay more at home. And during the weekdays, maybe do something fun that is not like, you know, full of people. So, and I'm doing that for a few years. So you guys know me. I love Disneyland. Um, but I love going everywhere, like part like pumpkin patches or zoo or anything that is, I just, I just love going out. <clears throat> My daughter too, not as much as me, but she loves to. So after school, uh, we do something fun, maybe one to two times a week. And I think like seeing her happiness and of course I'm happy too, depending on the place that we are, it just kind of like decompress, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm doing something fun. I'm enjoying with her. I wish my husband was too, but you know, like each one has their own um, work hours, right? So he works like like normal people and I'm able to have this like admin time during the week. So it gives me that flexibility. So we do something fun. Let's say we go to Disneyland. We spend a few hours there or go to a park or we just spend that quality time together. We come home, I do my, I, you know, do whatever I need to do with her, but then I work after hours, right? Because I was at my time, that was my time paid, but I exchange, right? Exchange with my night hours, with my afternoon hours. I was working too, I was getting, I was picking her up, but you guys know, so kind of I did a trade, which was worth it for me, even though like it was a busy day and I spent the whole day out or like doing something in the end it was like, I'm feeling happy because we did something fun. She was having fun. We spent some quality time together. So, and I I don't know how many times I had Zoom meetings at Disney, you know? So I tried to kind of like, or pumpkin patches or a zoo or Legoland, you know, like, because I, I'm still working, right? Still things, I'm always on my cell phone. So sometimes my mom or my dad, like, are you not fully present, 100% present? I was like, I am, but... This is not like a day off, you know, it's a work day, which I'm kind of trading a few hours with night hours. So I still need to be there for my work. So some people cannot do that. They don't know how I do that or, but some people they can. And I'm able, because I'm able to do this juggling, I feel like, I feel that I'm enjoying life and working at the same time and, you know, kind of giving my best to my work and to you guys and learning and building curriculums and whatever the program needs. So I feel accomplished both sides because I'm able to, but I'm, again, not everybody is able to because of their work hours. But if you have like a half day off, you know, like when, when you, you are done with residency, that's why it's so important. What is important for you, right? Getting lots, lots of money. Yes, you can, but you're going to work a lot. Or like having that quality of life, maybe not working as much, but having that half day here and there, maybe a full day off, that you can do something fun with your family or even, with, you know, by yourself, you know, but something that kind of like in the end of the day, you feel fulfilled or like, oh, that was a fun day. Oh, I had so much fun. That was, you know, that was a good day, even though it was tiring, so well, but well-being doesn't mean like sleeping the whole day or, you know, but you just, I just feel good about, my, by, about myself. So I think having this kind of half and half is just, it's just working well for me. And a lot of people ask me like, are you not burnout? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm, 
I'm fine and I'm I'm just I have the energy and I'm able to do both things and I think my daughter is happy I'm happy my husband also my husband is happy too that she's happy so but my luckily my hours let me do that I I get the sense of work hard and play hard yes exactly so my Sundays because we stay home I'm working the whole day you know so it's more like a chill day my my husband helps me with my daughter so it's like exactly it's like a trade you know and um I, I feel, I'm not feeling that I'm on vacation, okay? I'm not feeling that. I, I'm working hard, but I feel that life is good. Mm. Love that. Uh, thanks for sharing. And I'm, I'm curious to hear from, um, from Dr. Chan, just um, also just like what boundaries look like for you. Yeah, so I have some similarities with Dr. Jakeway, but also some differences that Dr. Jakeway gets upset at me sometimes, but you know, we'll work with it. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I've tried to keep work at work as much as possible um, and lessen the amount of work I do at home. Uh, in the evenings on weekdays, I tend to do work at some point, especially non-clinic things. So that would be like um, it editing and writing articles and those kinds of things or like abstracts and posters and those kinds of things, but not necessarily clinic work. So I tried, like Dr. Jakeway said earlier, I would try to finish clinic work at clinic. And then I actually turned off notifications for emails on my phone altogether. That's something that came up like way at the beginning of my uh, leading physician wellbeing program is to not have the constant ping, ping, like the little red (laughs) circle that says like there's a new message waiting. So I may not get the emails like in real time. I will batch check them at some point. I also tend not to, I try not to do work over the weekend, even though my dear friend will text me and ask me if I finish my homework, which sometimes I, I work to a deadline, as many of you know. So as, that's right. That's why my, my, <laughs> my dear friend knows that I work towards a deadline. So I will get my work done by the deadline. Um, but I tend not to work on weekends if I, if possible. Yeah. So the colleague that she's referring is me. Yes. I give her homeworks and my deadline for my link is different than for other people. Okay. Because she's like, she does it. <laughs> no complaints. But until the last minute, you know, it's like, hey, are you done with your abstract or article? And she's like, Eclair, you told me that it was for tomorrow. I said, exactly. Not nothing. She's like, I have until tomorrow. So don't worry, I'll finish up. So it's very different styles, right? And I know Dr. Tran doesn't like to work on the weekends. She has her other stuff. She has her <clears throat> church, choir. She has other activities. Uh, not that I don't. Well, but she's more busy than me on the weekends. But I don't mind. Like Saturday night, I'm like, I'm I'm doing nothing. It's like, ah, let me get my computer. Let me start, you know, writing something, take picture. I send to everybody. And they're like, what are you doing? It's like, hey, just catching up, you know, I'm just bored. So let me do some work, you know. So Sunday, same thing. So like I, I said, it's like a trade, you know. And I think for Dr. Trent, that's what I see like being her friend is like the weekend is the busiest for her when she's like you know what no I don't want to deal with that so I'll do it during the week so like right different boundaries mm. uh, thanks so much for giving us more of a practical tips I think that's something that 
yeah, I'm like taking notes for myself. Um, I definitely could be, you know, use a lot of more of the efficiency piece um, to try to leave work at work. I like that, um, that we can truly just focus on home life when you go home. Um, that's going to be my new goal for this year. So thanks for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree. I feel like efficiency has been an, uh, one thing that I've been really thinking about as we start to transition into our next phase of um, out of residency. So I appreciate, yeah, all of your guys' input on that too as well and, and setting boundaries that will help with overall wellness. It's really helpful for us to set boundaries so that we're not thinking so much um, about work at home if we could avoid it and be able to be present. Um, so one of those ways is actually an idea that um, Dr. Dr- Dyke Drummond came up with. He's actually the CEO of BeHappyMD.com and author of the book Stop Physician Burnout. He also um, has videos on the American Academy of Family Physicians website. And so one of the videos I appreciated was where he said, it's helpful for us to create a boundary ritual. And what that means is an action or a certain uh, set of steps that we do in order to turn our minds from being doctor fill in the blank to, you know, being your home body self. So it could be taking off your scrubs or your work clothes or your white coat. Um, And that would be one way of turning your mind to be present at home. Another thing might be closing your laptop or maybe it's taking a shower or maybe it's taking your dog on a walk. So whatever works for you, I would encourage you to set your own boundary ritual to help have something tangible that you can do to set a boundary between work and life. And hopefully that'll promote a work-life balance. We thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on part two of our next episode, um, which will be continuing our conversation with Dr. Tran and Dr. Jake Wei.